Welcome to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. We believe this teaching from God's Word will empower you to live a full, impactful life in Christ. Let's dig in. Now, in chapter 14 of Exodus, the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. Um, then after that, in uh, chapter 15, God turned the bitter water sweet. In chapter 16, manna, or bread, came down from heaven. In 17, water came out of a rock. Then by chapter 19, the people of Israel finally reached Mount Sinai. And then from that point on, Moses began to go up and down, up and down the mountain. But one trip took a little bit too long. Let's pick up in Exodus 32 and verse 1. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, one of the greatest tests of spiritual maturity is holding on despite delays. It's keeping your fire burning and plowing a straight line, even when your timeline has been busted and your dreams have been deferred. It's, it's moments like that that separate the, the, the boys from the men and, and the girls from the women. How many of you in this room, maybe live streaming, you have some walls that by now you thought would have fallen down? Yeah, yeah. All of us will find ourselves in this situation at one point or another, but I want to say something to you. Sometimes the delay can be as much of God's will as the final answer. So, the people here are kind of like a sheep without a shepherd because Moses is taking too long. And I know sometimes with me, when I'm trying to hear from God, I don't always hear from God at everybody else's convenience. And sometimes I know people can grow impatient and they want direction, they want clarity. Uh, but, but, you know, God, God is not a microwave God, and sometimes, you know, it takes a, a, a little bit of waiting and takes a little bit of uh, uh, just worshiping and waiting, as the Bible said, before the Lord. So, so the people began to gather around Aaron. You see, whenever you have more than one person involved, leadership is needed. But what we're about to find out from Aaron, and we're not going to study all of this today, but Aaron, I mean, if you look up weak leader in the Bible, Aaron's picture is going to pop up. You see, good leadership is not just drawing a crowd. It includes the strength to sometimes say no. And they came to Aaron. By the way, Aaron was anointed. Uh, you know, he, he was used mightily by God, but Aaron was weak. And they said to Aaron, come make us gods. You see, the issue is God didn't do everything they wanted, when they wanted, as they wanted. So they found a leader weak enough to let them manufacture a new god for them. I think it was Dr. King who, who said, strong leaders don't search for consensus. They make it, they mold it, they shape it. So they, they went to Aaron. Aaron gets a little bit better as, when he gets older. That's why we got to put up with people till they grow. 
But make us gods that shall go before us. They wanted a God that would be more sensitive to their cultural moment. They wanted a God that would be more sensitive to their desires, their wishes, and aspirations, and perhaps even their comforts. Make us gods that would go before us, for as for this, this Moses, the use of the demonstrative pronoun here lets us know that the people were showing contempt. You know, I call my wife my wife, but when I start calling her this woman, you know there's some problems <laughs> in paradise. So they began to blame their leader, they began to blame Moses, they began to blame the church for the obedience that God required from them. But here's what I've learned in life, whenever we too quickly blame others, we limit our ability to examine ourselves and, and forfeit opportunities for personal growth. So they're mad at Moses, and now he's this Moses, not, not the prophet, not the miracle worker, not the hero of faith, merely the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt. How quickly they forgot the ten plagues. How quickly they forgot the Red Sea and every other miracle that we already discuss. In the absence of only about a month and a half, maybe just a little bit under six weeks, in their minds and hearts, they changed one of the greatest men in history into just the man who brought us out. A son was, was growing a little older and got a little bit cocky. And uh, he said to his dad, Dad, you're getting old and you're becoming irrelevant. The dad answered, I may not be everybody's father, but I've always been yours. How quickly sometimes we forget. And then they added, they said, we don't know what has become of Moses. Just because you can imagine the worst doesn't mean you should. So because of the leader's absence and because of delay, and what we do in times of delay really, really shows our spiritual mettle. That when Moses came down from the mountain, he sees the people doing debaucherous things around this golden calf, and when he heard the music and the dancing and the singing that had nothing to do with Jehovah or Yahweh, whatever you, however you want to pronounce it, he lost it. He broke the tablets. When we read the, the text, we actually find 3,000 died. A new idol is created whenever we try to replace God with something that is not. Whenever we try to make God into an image that's more acceptable to us, that's more relatable to us, but it's not actually the image of God, you have created an idol. Now we can pick up the story in Exodus 33 and verse 1. After all that transpired, God is gracious and God is merciful, and he still moves them on from their place of mistake. 
Now the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I shall give it, or I shall give this land. So we already see that they had messed up on their journey. How many know all of us are going to mess up uh, on our journey at some point? But God didn't bring them this far to leave them, and God didn't bring you this far to leave you. That's important. God keeps his commitments even when we don't. He's that type of God. So if you mess up, repent, make it right, and just keep it moving. And then God says, and I will send my angel before you, and I will do like I promised, drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Anybody got any ites in your life? Yeah. God was willing to forgive them and still give them the promise of the promised land, but he was still realistic about the condition of their hearts in this next verse. And this is important. Our sins always make our lives harder than it needs to be. And you'll see that in a moment. So he said, look, I'm going to keep the promise even though y'all are a little bit sideways right now. And I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but a lot of folks would settle for that. Lord, all I want is what you have for me, but I'm not really super interested in you. He said, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. But watch this. But I will not go up in your midst. Now, how could he say that? Because God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time all the time. But the Bible speaks of God's presence in two ways. The first way, yeah, he's, he's everywhere all the time. He's omnipresent. But then there's also something the theologians call the manifest presence of God. These are moments when God can be sensed and God can be experienced. And this is what actually David was talking about in Psalms 51 and verse 1. He messed up with Bathsheba, but I want you to hear the cry of his heart. He said, don't cast me from your presence. Yeah. Now, this is why he was, he was a man after God's own heart. Now, Bathsheba was a mistake, but he still had a cry after God's heart. And he said, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He's saying, Lord, take whatever you want, but whatever you do, don't take your spirit from me. Lord, don't, don't take your presence from me. God, take my car, take my house, take, take my job, take my friends, take, take that situation, this situation. But Lord, I can live with a lot of things, but I can't live without your presence. But God looked at Moses, he said, man, listen. If I get too close to these people, they're going to make me do some things. So he said, I will not go up in your midst lest I consume you on the way. This is important. Things that happen in God's manifest presence are not identical to the things that happen in or due to his omnipresence. I'm going to give you an example. 
One of the reasons I sent both of my sons away to school, you know, others of you go into the military, maybe you go to aunt and uncle or somewhere else, is that after 18 years of teaching them everything that I could, and again, for others it might be 22, 24, you know your child's maturity, I preferred to be reachable only by phone. You see, if I was present, I would see stuff I couldn't be quiet about. And they could not mature and develop and grow the way they should. And sometimes, by the way, that's why God seems so far away. Because if he showed up manifest, there'd be some issues. So he allows us seasons of growth where he's at a distance. He said, I- I'm not going to go up in your midst, manifest as the pillar and the cloud, lest I knock you out. Okay, that's not what it says. Lest, lest I consume you on the way. Not because God was unkind, not because God was unloving, but because they were so stubborn. He explains, because you are a stiff-necked people. They did not listen. And if God was manifest, he'd have no choice but to show them how he felt about the decisions they were making. And when the people heard the bad news, and it is bad news when you can't be in the manifest presence of God, they began to mourn. And no one put on their ornaments, the Bible calls them, no bracelets, no gold chains, no uh, armlets, no rings. No one got a new tattoo that particular day. But when you're really sorry, it isn't just felt on the inside, it shows up on the outside. Skip to verse 7. So Moses took his tent. Now, God said, I'll not be in the midst of the people. So Moses is a thinking man. He said, well, then I'll take my tent outside of the midst of the people so I can still be with my God. So Moses took his tent and pissed it, watch this, outside the camp. This is important. If you really, really want to seek the Lord, you got to find your, a way to separate from all the busyness, all, all, all the hustle and bustle. You, you, you got to pull away. See, see, see there, there are times, I used to wonder, okay, I'm telling you, honey, but my wife, I'm watching a TV show, and she started talking right in the middle. <laughs> but she's a woman, she's trying to test, am I more interested in the show or her? So, <laughs> so God at times wants to know, are you more interested with the stuff going on in your life or him? So he wants to interrupt you to pull you out of what you're doing in order to do what's, okay, most important. But what, what, what's the, the next? It already said outside the camp, but when the Bible repeats itself, because the Bible could be only so long, so if it's repeating itself, it's really important. Then it says, far from the camp. You can't do big things distracted by small things. And sometimes you got to get away. 
and called it, actually his tent, the tabernacle of meeting. So they hadn't built the tabernacle God had showed him on the mountain. That was going to take time. So he used his own tent in the interim. And you can use your room to get away. Turn off your phone. You know, you, you, you turn off the TV. You can, you, you can use your room to, 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 to seek the Lord. Jeremiah 29 and 13 says, you will seek me. It's a promise. And you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. My challenge at times is I'm busy. I'm often preoccupied. And I'll give God a piece of my heart. I'll try to squeeze in a conversation. But some conversations, I mean, you got you to gotta square up. You got to kind of sit down. You got to think it through. And you got to talk until it's done. And I find with myself, now I could have said this about you, but I'm going to pick on me, that sometimes I pray, but it's not a wholehearted prayer. And it's only those wholehearted prayers that God promises to answer, meaning some things can't be done on the fly. You're going to have to pull aside and get with God. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord, watch this, not everybody, but everyone who sought the Lord, that's the qualifier, went out to Moses' tent or the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. You see, those who are seeking the Lord will gravitate toward others who are doing the same. It's just the way people are. And this is one of the reasons why I don't worry so much like I used to as a younger guy about church growth, because I've learned the hungry will come. Yeah. John Wesley. He, he, he said it this way, and it's helped me for a lot of years. He said, light yourself on fire with passion for God, and people will come from miles to watch you burn. So it was, when over Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people would stand and salute him and, and honor him and show him respect. Each man would stand at his tent door. But watch this. And watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. If you're going to lead, you must be willing to be watched. Sure, people will scrutinize. Sure, people will criticize. But a real leader who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. We will always gain so much more respect by what we do and what we say. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle or his own tent that the the presence of God that wouldn't be with the people anymore showed up in his home. So what might be happening in the nation, what might be happening in your neighborhood, in the church or in the schools doesn't mean God can't show up in your house. The pillar descended, and and the pillar and the cloud were the sign of God's presence at that time. And the Lord talked with Moses. So we don't just get into God's presence to feel a couple goosebumps. We get into his presence so we can have a conversation, so, so we can hear from God. Now, I want you to, and I'm, I'm going to move on quickly. God said that he would not be in the midst of the people. But, but here's the deal. 
If you're looking for an excuse, you'll always find one. But if you're looking for an opportunity, you'll find that too. Stay with me. As I said, God said, I'll not be with the people, but he didn't say, I won't be with you, Moses. So even when the church is not on fire, God can be a pillar of fire in my life, in my situation, my circumstance. If I'm looking for an excuse, I'll blame my setting. If I'm looking for an opportunity, I'll find my knees. Verse 12, then Moses said to the Lord, Moses' prayer life was, was, was powerful. He said, Lord, you say to me, bring up this people. Moses is about to have a no-holds-barred conversation with God. And sometimes we got to be less religious and more honest in our conversation with God. Some conversations with God are not pretty. If you, if you listen to Jeremiah, listen to Job, listen to the things they said to God. And, and you know, God doesn't want to talk like I said to you many times before. He wants to talk to you, not, not your alter ego. He doesn't want to talk to who you think you are. He wants to talk to you who you really are. And sometimes those types of conversations can be a little bit embarrassing. Because you'd be like, I thought I was better than that. I thought I grew beyond that. But, but, but here we see that despite all the miracles, I mean, he met God in a burning bush. Despite all the things that God had, had done, we see that Moses had some issues with God. And since we're clay and we're earth and God is God, we're not always going to agree. We're not always going to understand. If you always understand God, you must be Jesus. But even with that, when it came to, to, to Calvary, the master said, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Even Jesus was looking for a way to do things differently than the Father had in mind. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you, you, you say to me, bring up this people. And Moses like, listen, God, you called me. I was on the backside of the desert. I, I, I married this Ethiopian woman. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I married this woman, you know, hanging out with Jeffro. I'm, 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 I'm tending the sheep, minding my business, made peace with the fact I'm not in Pharaoh's house anymore, made peace with the fact Egypt, Egypt is behind me, and you showed up in the burning bush. So, Lord, don't act as if this problem you're having with the people is only my problem. So, so you hear the level of a little bit of frustration going on in, in, in the life and the heart of, of Moses. This is, by the way, why, why, one of the reasons we dedicate our children. Because when my, my kids go sideways, or in the past when they were young, they're not perfect now, but when they were young, <laughs> like, Lord, you gave me that child. It was one in a million chance. And you sovereignly, providentially managed that chance. So that big-headed child is first yours. You gave him to me. So Lord, you give me the grace to handle that child. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but 
If God gave it to you, he'll give you the grace to handle it. Okay. <laughs> and then Moses kind of goes in more. It's like, you know, but you've not let me know who you sent with me. You said an angel's going to go with me, but uh, what's that about? Then you, you go on, you say you, you're going you know, you, to send an angel, but then you're not specific about, you know, which one or all that. And, and yet you say you know my name. You, you, you act like we're intimate. You act like we're friends. You, you act like you're closer to me than anyone in Israel. You, 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 yet you said, I know your name, and, and that I have also found grace in, in your sight. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, Noah found grace in your sight. That, he built him an ark, and, and he saved the world. I mean, you're, you're acting like me and you are so close, so tight, but, 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 but Lord, um, sometimes you speak in such generalities, I feel like I need to hire a lawyer to really understand exactly what you're saying. And he's a little bit frustrated. Already we're going to this land that I'll show you. He never been in the land and he don't have a map of the land. Just everything is so general and it's like, Lord, we're supposed to be close and would you please get specific? Then he said, now therefore I pray. If it's true that I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I might truly, in a way that I understand, find grace in your sight. God, listen, you're frustrating to me. God, God, I, I, I need to better understand you. I need to understand how you think. I need to understand your ways. If I'm really your man, God, show me your heart. And then he leans in a little bit more. And, uh, you know, he didn't have Jesus to intercede for him. So Moses is just like Christ is our intercessor. Um, Moses back then was their intercessor. Uh, thank God Jesus is going in for us uh, instead of Moses. But, 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 but still, there's a type and a shadow here. And, and then he adds, he said, and God, while you're at it, consider that this nation is your people. God, stop acting like these folks are just my problem. They are your people. It's funny how, you know, when my boys were little, when they did something right, I'd be like, that's my son, that's my son, that's my son. But when they did something wrong, I look at my wife, I'd be like, Pastor, that's your son, that's your son, that's, that's your son. And God said, Moses. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. So, he's really wants God to go with the people, but God says, you know, my presence will go, and actually with you, if you're using the New King James Version, it's in a slant there, meaning it was inserted by the uh, translators. Meaning, my, he said, really, my presence will go, and I will give you rest. And, 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 and Moses is like, what are you saying? Moses is like, I'm not leaving this place of prayer until you're crystal clear. Confidence without clarity is a catastrophe waiting to happen. And sometimes we leave too quick, and we don't allow God to make things clear. So Moses leans in even further, and he said, listen, God, I know you're God and everything, but if your presence does not go with us, not just me, right. us, 
do not bring us up from here. Moses got really, really bold here, and he threw God's promise back in his face, and he also expanded it from just God being with him to God being with us. And that's what Jesus did at the cross. God was always with Jesus. The issue was, could God be with us? You hear what I'm saying? And the cross was all about God interceding for God that would be with us in the midst of us. You hear what I'm saying? Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of us. So how could Moses be so bold and get away with it? And that's what I want to spend the rest of my time talking about, and I'm, I'm just about done here. Moses said, if your presence does not go with us. Now, God promised that they get into the promised land. So the promise God committed to that, that he committed to the fact that it would come to pass. This is important. Because we're about to learn from Moses. Moses would not just settle for a promise. He wanted a relationship. Pursuing God for only what you can get in return is not a relationship, it's a transaction. Moses says, listen, God, um, I followed you because of you, not just because of what you had to offer. I didn't just sign up for some land, I signed up to be with you. Now, this is an aside, and I don't want to get stuck there, but in the book of Mark, Jesus calls his disciples, and then he gives them their assignment. He, you know, he calls a whole bunch of disciples, he picks the 12 out of the group. And then he says, this is what I need you to do. Your job is to be with me and then go out to preach, cast out demons and all the rest. But what was their first assignment? To be with him. And many of us, we want, you know, the various promises. We, we want the, the power in, in, in business, the power in ministry, the platform. We, we want to cast out demons and all the rest. But, but the prerequisite to all of that was first them being with Jesus. Now, thank God for church, but you know when church is most powerful? is when people are first with God and then come to church. In fact, in the book of Acts, the people were given a major offering, and they said they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us. If your presence does not go with us, Lord, I'm not leaving here. Do not bring us up from here. And he was saying, I'd rather poverty in God's presence than riches without it. Singleness with some loneliness from time to time than a marriage without God's hand. I'd rather a, a marriage that needs God's help than just a marriage to a person I think I like. If God is with me, I can handle the world against me, God. But my first priority is I got to be with you, God. I got to feel your touch. I got to sense your hand. You see, I'm becoming a man of a certain age, if you will. And you start reflecting as you get a little bit older. 
And I look back over my life and I start thinking about, you know, uh, what worked, what didn't work, and, and, and how life was. Was it worth it? And, 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 and all the rest. And I began to think, and I was like, well, you know what? Um, maybe I should have did that. Or, you know what, man, that thing hurt. Um, oh, that was a disappointment. But then I began to think about it. You know what? Those 38 years, God was with me. Yeah. There was sickness. There was pain. There, 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 there was bad things that happened. But I knew who to run to. I knew who to go to. I'd cry at times. But then I look up and sense his presence. I worship through some of the toughest days of my life. And I could look to heaven and know God heard. So it wasn't about a perfect life. It was about experiencing a perfect God in the midst of it all. So I, I look back over my life and I'm grateful. I look back over my life, I am happy. I look back over my life and I am content because he, he, he has been footsteps in the sand. He has carried me. He has kept me even when it hurt, even when I was broke. He was a present help in trouble. Present help in trouble. Present help in trouble. Present help in trouble. So it's not about the things I got didn't get, the things I thought didn't think, but God's been with me. God's with my family. God's with my church. God's in everything I do. I sense him. I feel him. A lot of folks got to get into drugs and all the rest of I got God. And he's a present help, watch this, when everything's right. The Bible says, he's my present help in trouble. I've gone through trouble. Trouble's been in my way. You got to cry sometimes. You got to scream sometimes. But God was with me. I'm going to stop in a second. But now I'm going to recall, I'm going to make you recall some of your Bible learning. Remember the prodigal son? The prodigal son only wanted the promise of the father. He had wealth, and he was like, you know, listen, give me your money as if you were dead so I could go and do my thing. But the older son stayed back. And the older son got bitter about the, the younger son when he came home because there was a party celebration and all that, killed the fatted calf and all that stuff. And he's like, why are you having this party for this boy? You know he's out there wilding out and doing all that crazy stuff, and, and you got to celebrate that? What type of father are you? And the father's response at first is a little bit odd. But he, he said, son, you've always had me with you. Always. You see, in his presence is safety. When you live in God's presence, you won't waste your life. You hear what I'm saying? That the younger brother lost everything he had, and he didn't get it back when he came home. The older brother still had the inheritance, and he had to look to older brother. Yeah. 
But older brother stayed in the presence. And you can spare yourself a lot of grief. Not just looking for the promise, but staying in his presence and valuing it. You see, if, if God's absence doesn't matter, his presence never really meant anything. If many of us, well, God, I want you to fix this, fix that, and God's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that because I'm, I'm that type of God. But sometimes he delays to let some things surface in us. I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it one more time, then I'm going to let you go. There was a goldsmith that was training an apprentice to um, handle gold. And... um, You know, if you don't know much about mining, gold comes out of the ground, but it's mixed with all different types of ores and and all the rest. So in order for gold to become like the gold that we find in our computers or on your fingers and all the rest, it has to first be purified. And the way the, the goldsmith purifies the gold is by heating it up. And he would do this over and over again until he was satisfied. So... You know, he'd heat the gold up, put some fire on it, and then he let it cool down. Then he heated it up again. This time it might be a little bit hotter, and then he'd do it again. Um, and then he heated it up even hotter, and he, he would do this over and over again. And one day the apprentice asked him, he said, um, um, you know, sir, when do you know when you're done? And the goldsmith looked at the apprentice And he said, when I can look into the gold and see my reflection. You see, when all of the black dross is burnt out, you can see your reflection in gold. And what God is saying, you're going to keep going through the fire until I could see my reflection, until I could see my son, until I could see Jesus in the gold. He said, said, Bishop, that was a little bit of strength. Well, Peter said it this way, our faith is even more precious than gold, even though it goes through fire. And God will take us through series of hot seasons to get the dross and the things that surprise us, the stuff we didn't think was in us, to surface. Man, I, I, so many times I thought I was more saved than I was, more sanctified than I was. But put me in fire long enough, stuff started to surface. Something I thought 20 years ago I resolved, 10 years ago I resolved, started to surface. And the heat caused it to surface so, so, so it could come to the top and God could swipe it off and clean me up. And he can look at me and see his reflection. So right here, they're under pressure. And sometimes you have to choose, because we walk away from God sometimes because the promise hasn't come to pass. And then we discover we're really seeking the promise, not the presence of the giver. 
So sometimes God delays, and you go through this thing so, so you could get clean, and you could get to the place. It don't matter what she says about me. It doesn't matter how I feel in my body. It doesn't matter how much money I have in my pocket. It doesn't matter how many friends I have. Lord, if you are with me, that's all that matters. I, I, I be, I, I don't, Lord, put me in the battlefield. As long as you're with me on the battlefield, God, I'll be happier there than I'll be in some small town on the bus. God, I just need your presence. And sometimes God has to simplify our lives. You say, well, Lord, I'd be happy if I had that, if I had that, if I had a marriage like them, if I had money like them, if I had this like them, if I looked like them, if I acted like them, had an education like them. If I... But God's like, well, what about me? What about me? Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. We also invite you to partner with Derek Rear Ministries in bringing the life-changing and impactful teachings of God's Word to the world. Get started by visiting DerekRear.com by clicking the link in the description.